This episode of Left of Field is partnered with KX Pilates' Subiaco. Enjoy the journey with Reformer Pilates and love the results as you take your health and fitness to the next level with KX. It's Left of Field with Danny Kavanagh. Hello and welcome to another episode of Left of Field. I'm Danny Kavanagh and today we are chatting cricket. That's right, I'm joined by Matt Kelly, a right-arm paceman for the Scorchers and West Australia. He's a young man hoping to earn his baggy green very soon. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Left of Field, Matt Kelly. How are you going today? Good, thanks, Danny. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thank you for joining me. And you were just telling me you had a day off from training. So how did you spend your time? Yeah, we've had a big few days training. So um, whenever we get a chance to have a day off, it's pretty good, pretty special. So got down to the beach with a few of the boys this morning, had a coffee, a nice walk and a swim. Even though it was pretty cold, it was still still enjoyable. So that's a pretty standard morning on a day off. Men of yeah, leisure. Great, thanks. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah, coffee and a walk. It's great fun. Can't complain about that. What is going on? Are you training with the Scorchers at the moment or with the WA Cricket? Can you let us know what's going on? Yeah, um, so we're back in pre-season at the moment for the West Australian men's team. So the Scorchers training won't start probably until December, just prior to the Big Bash season. So at the moment, it's all WA Cricket, which is great. Everything's pretty much back to normal in terms of training at these times. And what is great at the moment is that the whole squad is here normally at this time of the year. We've got a lot of guys overseas playing cricket, playing in India, playing over in England. But due to what's going on, we've got the full squad here and that's quite rare. So it's been great to see a lot of guys down at training. How has cricket been affected by COVID? What's happened since? Yeah, so initially we missed Sheffield Shield game for WA, which as everyone's aware, everything happened very quickly. But luckily for us, April, May is is our our off-season. So we had six weeks planned to have away from cricket and away from sports. So for us, it, it didn't really impact us initially. But for the guys playing for Australia or wanting to go play over in India in the IPL, they unfortunately missed out on that opportunity. But I think at the same time, they thoroughly enjoyed having some quality time at home with family and some friends as well, which you know they don't, guys don't get often throughout the year. If you're playing 12 months of the year, it's pretty rare. So I think the guys really love that opportunity to stay home but but now we're back into it everyone's feeling fresh and hopefully the season goes away as planned let's touch on how is your form at the moment how are you feeling getting back into training is this going to be a good season for you fingers crossed i've had a pretty good couple of years in terms of injuries and the body's been been quite good so touch wood i guess you never know what can happen but that six weeks or so in our off season i really try to make sure i had a good break and get the body nice and fresh for a pretty hard pre-season and it certainly helps having a break as much as you want to train all the time. I think the older I get and the older we get as athletes, um, the recovery aspect is equally as important as the training aspect. Very wise of you. Now let's go back to the beginning. How did you get into cricket? Jeez, it seems like a long time ago now, but I've been playing cricket pretty much for as long as I can remember. I, as a kid, loved all sports and, and try to play as any sport I could all the time, outside in the park all the time. But I really probably started with my older brother in the backyard as many cricketing journeys start, bowling for hours on end as he would bat. I never got to bat, so that's probably why I'm a bowler now. Um, but yeah, it was great fun in those days when I was young and then probably fell in love with the game at about 13, 14 properly when I started playing a lot more with my mate at Claremont Nedlands Cricket Club here in Western Australia. And it's probably around that time I started really enjoying my cricket and 
managed to progress through the, the age programs and, and get involved at the Wacker a bit. And I never really looked back since. I loved it ever since and still do now. So it's been a cool little journey so far. Was there a standout game for you where you really, you know, shone that you remember when you were a child? Yeah, it's funny. I think I was not a bad junior cricketer, but I probably didn't develop until I'd finished school, really. It probably wasn't until I was about 19 when I thought cricket would be a a journey as a career. I certainly loved the game and loved playing with my mates and was competitive, but it probably wasn't until I grew into my body a bit and had a bit more time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the more games you play, the more confident you become. So probably wasn't until I was about 19 playing for Western Australia in an under-19s carnival that I felt I was ready to, you know, take the next step and hopefully have a career out of cricket. And what is that next step that you had to take? Does it turn into a lot of serious training? Do you just focus all your energy in the net? What do you do? Yeah, so cricket's an interesting one. I think there's obviously that idea that you don't need to be too fit for cricket. And I think getting involved with the Wacker under the coaching of Justin Langer, who is a pretty hard taskmaster, and just being involved in that setup as a youngster really showed me how hard you have to work to be, one, a professional cricketer, but just a professional athlete in general. So I had a few big steps I had to take. And a lot of it is in the nets with the skills, but I think physically as well, to be ready to withstand the tolls of professional cricket, I had to get ready for that pretty quickly and and luckily I did and and here we are today. What was it like debuting for Western Australia? So you did that in 2017? Yeah, absolute dream come true. My first year on contract was a bit of a blur to be honest. Didn't play any cricket on my first year, just training a lot. Is that mentally difficult? It is, but I think I knew even then, even though I had a contract, I knew I still wasn't quite ready to play. So it still took me a good 18 months on a contract to figure out what I really needed to do to get to the next step and actually play a game for WA but yeah like you said when when I got that opportunity yeah it was fantastic and something I look back on and with, with great memories and loved every minute of it got presented my cap from Michael Klinger which was who's someone who I watched playing for South Australia growing up he was a fantastic player and then obviously watched play for WA and the Scorchers and watch him do so well so to look up to him and then have him present my cap as well was pretty special those memories are great and that's what you play for you you know to look back in a few years time and remember all the good things that have happened since then you've played all three formats of shield cricket that's really hard to do how do you manage that yeah it's very different and the cricketing climate is changing now there's a lot more focus on 2020 cricket and the entertainment side of things but there's a few of us out there who still love the traditional side of the game playing four days that hard slog of cricket and then obviously the one day competition as well so I think a goal for me was just to try and play in every single format, just get those opportunities to play whatever I can. And and at the moment, I'm still doing that and I haven't really crafted myself into one specific role or one format. So hopefully for the next few years, I can keep doing that. I certainly love the traditional side, being able to play four-day games, Sheffield Shield cricket. And then on the other side, I love the big bash and the the big crowds and the entertainment factor. And it's a bit of adrenaline rush. So they're very different. Do you have a preference at the moment? Oh, if you I, had to pick really one, hard. what's the dream? If I had to pick right now. Oh, the dream would probably be to win a Sheffield Shield final for WA. I think it's been about 19 or 20 years since we've done it. So that, that's a big goal for us as a group. And it's spoken about a lot, but there's a lot more that goes into preparing for a Sheffield Shield season rather than just thinking about the final. So, yeah, that's the goal for us. So at the moment, probably Sheffield Shield cricket. Tell me about your time in the BBL. How did you get picked up by the Scorchers? Yeah, funny progress into the BBL, really. I remember 
for years going and watching the Scorchers play at the Wacker and you know how electric that atmosphere was, just seeing the sea of orange and wishing one day I could get out there and play. And it was in the year I wasn't contracted with the Scorchers, but there were a number of injuries to bowlers and I was actually at the game at the Wacker. The Scorchers won that game and they were flying to Sydney the next day. And I got a tap on the shoulder from one of the coaches saying, pack your bags for the flight, coming with us and probably going to play two days later against the Sydney Thunder. So it all happened very quickly, but I think that was a bit of a blessing in disguise because I didn't have too much time to think about it and just had to get out there and play. So it was fantastic though. And I got to play a few games at the Wacker, which we don't do anymore, but that was really special and a dream of mine as a kid to play a big bash at the Wacker. So thoroughly enjoyed those times. On the Wacker, they moved to Optus Stadium for the home. What do you think of the move? Their, the Scorchers' record was way better at the Wacker, but do you think the move has benefited the club or what would you have wanted to happen? Yeah, I think if you look at the results purely, you'd say it hasn't benefited the club, but it's such a big move. It's such a big stadium. Everyone's seen it in the AFL and, and the cricket as well. It's such a, a different ground to the Wacker. And I think we in the first season, we probably just weren't used to the dimensions of the ground and, and how the stadium plays. There's a lot that goes into that planning. So I thought we were a lot better last year, and I think we can only get better the more games we play there. We do look back at the Wacker fondly and, and, and how well we play there. So we try and take that same planning that went in there and take it over to the stadium, but there's certainly things that are a bit different and, and we've just had to adjust and I'm sure we'll do that continuously through over the next few seasons. Now, in the BBL, you got a bit of a reputation a few seasons ago of being one of the best death bowlers in the competition and that's a real <laughs> skill. There's a lot of pressure there. Tell me, how did that happen? That was a good year and then unfortunately last year it wasn't as good. <laughs> so it's funny, cricket's a bit of a fickle game that can bring you back down to earth pretty quickly, but I think that's the beauty of it. Yeah, so that, that year kind of got handed the ball in the last two overs or last three overs of each game. And um, Adam Bogers was our captain in that year before he became coach. And I think when you're bowling in that period, you've just got to be super confident. And I think having the confidence of the captain to give you the ball as well was huge for me. So for him to say, I want you to bowl these overs was, was great. And there's certainly a lot of practice that goes into it. And sometimes it, it works, sometimes it doesn't. I think I showed that last year. But yeah, certainly a lot of practice and, and something that, I do enjoy doing because I do enjoy that challenge and when it goes right, it's a very rewarding experience. Okay, let me put a scenario to you. You've been hit for two sixes. <laughs> How do you respond? Jeez, depends who's batting, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> let's say if there's Glenn Maxwell batting, that's pretty intimidating or, or Marcus Stoinis, you know, he had such a good year last year. So when you've got guys like that at the crease, it can be pretty intimidating. But there's certainly a lot of planning that goes into it now. We watch so much footage and we, we have plans for when things don't go so well, we go to a plan B and we're constantly communicating out there even though you might not see it from the TV or in the stands. So I think it's just really important to be confident in what you're doing and you know, there's certainly going to be days when it doesn't go your way and you just got to back yourself in and have a crack really. And that performance with the ball made you head to the IPL at the end of the year. What was that experience like in India? Yeah, that was an amazing experience. That's another beautiful thing about cricket is that you get to travel the world. You know, we travel Australia all year round, but to be able to go and play in India where cricket is really a religion was an unbelievable experience and, and one I still pinch myself that I got the opportunity to do that. I remember it pretty clearly. Simon Kadich messaged me on the last day of our season saying, hey, mate, we're, someone's got injured. Do you want to come over? And pretty much three days later, I was on a flight to India. So it all, again, happened very quickly. And that was great. I had about three weeks over there. Didn't play a game, but that really didn't matter to me. It was more just a learning experience. And to be in the change rooms with guys like Chris Lynn, Andre Russell, Carlos Brathwaite, all these fantastic players. Jack Hallis was the coach as well from South Africa. 
guys that I've watched play so much cricket and to be able to be in the same room and just pick their brains about what, how they go about it, how they train was fantastic. And I certainly learned a lot from that experience. Yeah, what's one tip that you brought away with you? I think it was just how they went about their training, really. They certainly know exactly what they need to do at training. You can overtrain at times, I think, and over there, because they're playing so much, they train very specifically to what they need to get done. And that's something that I learned, especially now when you get older, you don't want to be doing things that you don't have to be doing. And if you can know your specific role and your skills, get quality training in rather than too much quantity, because we play a lot throughout the year, so you need to be as fresh as possible all the time. Yeah, and you mentioned some high-profile international players there. What import would you like to see the Scorchers chase maybe in the future? Oh, geez, there's a lot of great players out there. I've, we had A.B. de Villiers in the Big Bash last year playing for the Brisbane Heat. There was a bit of talk maybe that he might be coming to WA last year. And you know, Guys like that, high-profile players who've played so much cricket, they're the guys you want to see. Obviously, Indian players can't come. Unfortunately, that's something I'd love to see in the future, have a few Indian players come over and play. But right now, I think I'd probably go for a bowler and I'd probably poach him from another team. Mm. Dale Stane, he played Melbourne last year, only played about four games, but he's someone I've watched for years and love the way he goes about it. So playing the same team as him would be unreal. And would you take Raheem Corwell? That does size matter. You're a tall guy. <laughs> does size work? I'd love Could him in my team. I'd love him. I'd love him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know much about him, but I'm sure he'd bring a bit of energy and bring a lot to the change room. I'm, he looks like a great bloke and he's a good cricketer as well. So... Certainly, we'd love the West Indians are great fun, and I learnt that over in India, being in the change room with Andre Russell and Carlos, and those guys are a lot of fun. So, yeah, I'd love them in my team. <laughs> You're talking about the culture that they create. How's the culture at WA cricket at the moment? Yeah, the culture's great at the moment. We've, like I said before, it's so nice having a whole squad here at the moment, and there's a group of guys who've been playing together now for almost ten years. So, I think. They become really close mates, and, and we really talk about the Wacker family. I know a lot of clubs talk about this, but it certainly does feel like that. And for me, it, I've been around for about five years now, and it really has become a second home. And just the welcoming nature of the group for all players is something that's really great. And I certainly feel like I've been embraced by, by those guys that have been there for a while now and, and feel a part of the group as much as anyone. So it certainly is a bit of a family down there, and we love being a part of it. Are you tired of your same old health and fitness routine? Well, why not change it up with Reformer Pilates? At KX Subiaco Pilates, are offering all my lovely listeners 30% off their introductory offer by using the code LEFTOFFIELD. Or why not sign up to one of their monthly packs and receive 10% off for the rest of the year by using the code LEFTOFFIELD10. Now, I personally love Pilates. It's the small movements that target and tone all the different muscles in your body. I've just started going and I can already see big improvements in all my flexibility and my balance. So why not give it a go? And your tomorrow self will thank you for what you do with them today. Langer obviously was a big part of that family and he had a near perfect record. Adam Voges came in and there's been a little couple of hiccups along the way. What is the difference between the two? And do you think Voges should be under a bit of pressure this year? Oh, I love the way that Voges is going about it. I love him as a coach and he, he gives a lot of onus to the players and, and really it's about us performing and unfortunately we haven't had to do that which probably puts a bit of pressure on him but I don't think there should be pressure on him it's about us we've had a lot of guys in and out of our team representing Australia and again there's six guys in the Australian squad for a tour going to England now so we've had a, and it's no excuse but there's been a lot of disruptions and we haven't really had a consistent team so I don't think it's necessarily pressure on the coach. I think it's more the players. We need to pull our fingers out and start performing a bit better so we can support him. But yeah, there's certainly a lot of differences between JL and V. 
they both expect hard work and feel that in, in all the players. I think it's more just the personalities are quite different. And Jay was very hard and probably a bit more of an old school approach, whereas V is a bit more laid back and, and puts the onus more on the players to get the work done. But I think, you know, having both has been fantastic. You know, as young players, we probably needed someone like JL to really work us hard and, and show us what it meant to be a professional cricketer and a professional athlete and how hard you really have to train to make the next level. And, and when he was coach, we had Adam Voges as captain. So the balance was fantastic. And I think now that our young players have, have had JL as a coach, they know what the expectations are. So they can really just implement the skill side and, and put the onus back on us, make sure that we're doing the right work. Yeah, sounds like a got a bright future ahead of the team. Can you tell me about your nickname around the club? <laughs> oh, there's, there's a lot of nicknames. Um, Rue? How did that yeah. story come along? There's a, a good mate of mine, Joel Paris. He's been a, a player down at the Wacker and the Scorchers for a number of years now. And I think it was really in my first year, he was just trying to get me involved in the group and and he trying to give me a bit of confidence, so he started calling me Rooster. Um, <laughs> Title of Mayor of the Golden Triangle. I hear that's another one you like to throw around. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's straight from my mouth. That. Straight from um, your mouth. <laughs> yeah, no, they're all shockers, really. I can't, I can't hide from the boys. They try and get me every time. But yeah, that was Jolly Paris. Both of those, he, he really tries to get stuck in. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> and I hear you've got Kevin Parker's story to share. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where you got this information from, but uh, is it, if it's the right story, is, is it me? Calling Matt Corby, yeah. yeah. I've heard about the, the time that you got mixed up between Kevin Parker on a night out and yeah, Matt Corby. I, uh, I was in a big crowd and I thought it was Matt Corby, big fan, obviously, and I started yelling out from across the crowd. You were that confident. <laughs> I was that confident that it was him. Turns out it wasn't. And a big Kevin Parker fan as well, but just on the evening, I got it completely wrong. So apologies. <laughs> and how was his response? Yeah, not great. Not great. So I, I kept... No free tickets there? You're not going to have... No, no, I think I'm done in that regard. Well, maybe you can use that confidence you had in the moment and bring that to your, your death bowling from now on. Yeah, I think that's a good approach. Obviously, cricket's such a big part of your life. You mentioned you went to the beach this morning with the boys. What else do you like to do when you're not training and competitively playing? Yeah, so I think it's spoken about a lot. It's really important to have the balance away from professional sport. And one thing I love to do is get down to the water and get in the ocean. And there's actually a, a few boys that have started surfing a bit now and by no means a surfer. I'm just going to put that out there right now, but love to give it a crack and get out there with a few of the guys. So that's something that we've been doing quite a bit of in our off time. Who's um, who's impressing you the most down the way? Yeah, Mitch Marsh has been very impressive. For a big guy, he's quite talented on the surfboard and really loving it. And then Hilton Cartwright as well. So there's a little crew of us and we're getting there. We're, we're getting the hang of it. So it's a lot of fun out there. And then away from that, finishing a commerce degree at UWA. So managing to knock that off while I've been playing. and Something that I've always been told is to have something in the background to, to fall back on. Sport isn't forever and, and I'm really enjoying that side of things, especially now that I get a bit older and can start planning potentially what life's going to look like after cricket. Yeah, post-cricket, where would you like to be working? To be honest, I'm not too sure at this stage. I'm, I'm going down the business route and doing a commerce degree and I'm going to sign up for another online course in November. So it's going to look like it's going to head down that route, just what it looks like at this stage. I'm not too sure. I enjoy the finance side of things and I've got a few friends working in that area at the moment. So hopefully with a bit of work experience, I'll start to figure out exactly what I want to do. And yeah, that, that's the plan now, but it may change in a couple of years time. Well, hopefully you don't have to make the decision anytime soon. There's a long cricket career ahead of you. On the cricket, what is your goal for that in the next few years? Are you wanting to head international or? Yeah, I think it's any kid's dream 
to play cricket for Australia. You know, when we grew up, you wanted to wear the baggy green and, and that's the dream for everyone. And that's kind of what gets you out of bed in the morning. You want to train and, and work really hard towards that. But as much as I love the idea of that, I'm more about the team success and something that I mentioned earlier was winning that Sheffield Shield final. That's a huge thing for us that, that we've been trying to tick off for a number of years now. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I want to get to in the next couple of years. Hopefully I can contribute to the team and put our foot closer to winning that Sheffield Shield final for Western Australia. It's a proud cricketing state and we've heard a lot about it over the last few years. To put our name on the wall and say that we've done that would be awesome over the next few years. So that's a goal. Who is Matt Kelly without cricket? Without cricket, probably trying to find a job (laughs) and having a lot of fun on the side. So what is a motto then that you like to live life by? Yeah, I think a big approach for me is literally just to have fun and don't sweat the small stuff. I think, you know, in life, everyone's very busy these days and we can get caught up in the emotion of things. And and particularly in cricket, you can get caught up with results and and how how you're going. But really, you've got to go back to the fact that started playing cricket as a a young kid who loved playing sport with his mates and when things are going bad I try and go back to that mindset and about having fun and getting out there and enjoying yourself expressing yourself and doing it with your friends I think that's the most important thing. There's a lot of young kids out there what advice would you give them if they wanted to follow in your footsteps? Yeah I think firstly I'd just say give everything an opportunity whether it's cricket or or not cricket whatever sport it might be give everything a crack because you're not really sure what you're going to like and just get out there and have a lot of fun and, and give yourself a chance. You know, I spend a lot of time with friends and a lot of my best friends now are people that I've played sport with and I can't stress that enough. It's so important to get out there and make good friendships and and if you really enjoy something, put your mind to it because you never know where it might take you and things do happen very quickly. It certainly happened quickly for me and I've seen it happen very quickly for other people. So if you really want to work hard at it, put your mind to it and, and you never know where it'll take you. Very nice. I like that. Well, hopefully we'll see you in a baggy green very soon. Do you think you're on the cusp of getting there? Very hard to say. I'm not getting any younger and (laughs) um, there's still a lot of cricket to be played. But yeah, like I said, that's the ultimate goal for anyone is to play for Australia and represent your country and any step you can take to get there is what you do. But at the moment, it's about representing Western Australia. It's something I love doing. It was a big goal for me as a kid and and I'm here now and and hope I can play many more games for WA. That's the first goal, and then we'll see what happens after that. Very exciting stuff ahead. Well, thanks for chatting to me today. No worries. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you, all you lovely listeners, for getting through another episode of Left of Field. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Matt Kelly. Can't wait to see what this season brings for him. Go back and listen to some of my previous episodes and please rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to it. That really helps me out. And maybe I'll see you all soon in a Pilates studio. Bye-bye.